You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of conduct. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening a cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. You I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence, the King. And listen, y'all are listening to this on the Buffalo Rumblers Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's Buff. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online on PicassoPizza.net. What is going on, everybody? I'm excited for tonight. I got a special guest, and we're going to get right into it off the top. Got my man, Paul. Mr. Paul Boy Green, Edson Jr. Uh, he's representing the, he's the host of the Jet Zone and he's the digital reporter for the Heavy On Sports Network. What is going on, Paul? Well, King, uh, thank you for allowing me uh, in the throne room. Uh, first place, number one seed in the uh, AFC. I, I wasn't sure if I was still going to crack the lineup. So uh, thanks for carving out some time. Appreciate you. <laughs> No, man, I, we had to. It's, it's the week forward. And I know the Jets, I know, I know y'all, you know, y'all had a couple some rough things going on we're going to talk about it but at the same time going into this week you all should still feel kind of confident because you know you beat the bills a few weeks back so you know uh i don't know i, I feel like in order to beat the man or in order to beat a man you got to beat a man and right now technically y'all beat us so we got to get that back so we're going into this weekend man how do you feel as a jets fan as, a, as somebody who covers the jets how do you feel this weekend you know this is going to be weird because what I'm about to say I don't know if it's actually real but there's almost a level of graviness here if I may. I mean all the experts, all the insiders, all the I mean all the just casual football fans went Pfft. Of course the Bills are going to sweep the Jets. I mean, it's the Jets. That's what everyone said heading into the season. So all of a sudden being in a position now where the Bills are like, well, we better split with the Jets or else, well, <laughs> then the Jets sweep the Bills, which would be the first time that's happened since 2016. So, you know, there's a weird level of swag, a, a little lean in the step as we're walking into the room this weekend going, well, Bills, all the pressure's on you in Buffalo. You're the number one seed. You guys are the ones that's supposed to be taking care of business here. The Jets are like, well, let's see what happens. Because, again, for Jet fans, I think for a lot of people, they're like, a lot of people didn't think the Jets would win once, let alone the even the mere possibility, obviously, this weekend of potentially winning twice. So I think there's a little bit of swag. There's a little bit of lean in the step. If I may. Well, you know what? Let's talk about it real quick, because you mentioned that the Bills are the number one seed now after a weird, a weird chain of events Sunday. I feel like I mean, I'm happy about it as a Bills fan. But the way everything happened Sunday, man, is if I was a betting man, which I am, I did not bet on this (laughs) because I'm like, there's no way in the world that 
everything that we need to happen is going to fall in place for the Bills to go first. But it happened, and the Jets are still actually in playoff contention as well. They're 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 at seven. So this mm-hmm. is after Week 13. The Bills are at one. Kansas City at two. Uh, I'm feeling a little nervous for the Ravens right now. Lamar Jackson oh, yeah. is um, mm-hmm. he's going to be out for about four weeks from what I'm hearing with the knee sprain. Uh, the Titans are at four. The Bengals are at five. The Miami Dolphins are at six. We got them next week, and we we're going to talk about them oh, too because yes. I don't like them. I don't like them. Yeah, but then the I don't Bills, blame it. <laughs> Your Jets are coming in at seven. So, you know, let, let's let's talk about let's just talk about Sunday first. What a sure. weird day, man. What a weird just a weird Sunday. Your team, uh, the Jets. Mm-hmm. Listen, I feel like Minnesota right now is feeling like they're the kings of the AFC East and I don't like it. But uh, let's talk about your game a little bit. What you know, what happened? What, why didn't you guys pull that one out? You kind of made a comeback in the second half and just wasn't able to to really do it. Yeah, I will say, first off, the troll job. So Vikings had a chance to win the NFC North. If they would have won, the Lions would have lost. Lions blow out the Jaguars. Um, So they don't. But they said, we may not have won the NFC North, but at least we won the AFC East. And I went, oh, ah, it stings a little bit. Because, of course, the Jets were the final infinity stone uh, over there to to get the job done for Thanos. So I'll tell you, you know, everything that could have went wrong went wrong in that first half. The the largest deficit for the Jets was 17 points. They were down 20 to three. Mm-hmm. You know, you hate to say the officiating, but, you know, uh, some of the officiating calls were, you know, you thought it was going to be, you know, where refs were swallowing the whistle a little bit because the Jets got the ball first and we saw the Vikings being a little aggressive with their cornerback play. So I said, oh, we're going to call it like this. Okay, baby, whatever you call it, let's figure out what the strike zone is and that's it for everybody. However, that wasn't the case early in the game where, you know, some physical play was allowed on one side that wasn't allowed on the other. So I just want to call it even no matter what it is. If you want to play physical, great. You want to be a little ticky tacky with the calls, okay. So you have to understand how to play. So there's a little bit of that. And then the Jets simply not executing Mike Effing White, the legend of Mike White that you guys stopped last year. Really appreciate that, that all those dreams and desires were spectacular for as long as they lasted. I was at, I was in attendance. Uh, for that four interception game of Mike White at MetLife Stadium. So thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. But You're welcome. The on, so the <laughs> thing that made Mike White very good, again, that was his second start of the season so far this year in the Chicago game, and it was Chicago, of course. But mm-hmm. he was just pinpoint accurate. His throws were just exactly where they had to be, not just in terms of Mike White to receiver, but Mike White to only where the receiver could have gotten it. Put it up and high for Garrett Wilson as an example. And once you saw that at the beginning of the game, you're like, okay, th- this man's about to cook. In the Vikings game, you saw that the on-point accuracy wasn't there in this game, and you started going, oh, boy, if he's not throwing it there and the receivers obviously aren't helping him out, it may be a long day at the office. So the Vikings really flexing their muscles with their offensive weapons. Um, Justin Jefferson was held in check. He had like seven catches, 45 yards, something like that. There's been a few times this season where he's gone invisible. Not against you guys, though. I saw that. No. The fourth and 18 one hit it. I mean, that was wild. It's Stephon it Dix wild. in the same game. I mean, he had a great catch that no one's talking about. It's like the it's the lost catch that that'll be lost in the film room, I guess, because the Vikings win, and I guess that's the story that's told. But long story short, to kind of wrap it all into a beautiful bun, just got down early. Uh, credit to them that they were able to fight back in hostile territory against a nine and two team and, and and make it a game and get to the one yard line multiple times. We had the mm-hmm. one yard line drama with the Bills and Vikings once again in this. Uh, vikings jets game where they had opportunities but they sucked in the red zone let's just call it how we see it one for six in the red zone i mean that's almost impressive that level of ineptitude like how did that even happen and then on the other side uh, the vikings were three for three and that's of course referencing touchdowns in the red zone so defensively offensively they blew the basket if you flip just one of those obviously they lost by five 27 22 they win the game but they did not so uh impressive 500 yards of offense all that fun jazz and kirk Cousins sucked in the game but the, the fact of the matter is you didn't get it done in the money zone. If you don't cash in there, you're going to lose games. Yeah. And that's really the difference. Like in that game, when I went back and watched that one, you could tell, like, obviously the first half went a way that you didn't want it to go. But when you look at the entire game, you, you guys got it close. But when you, when you go back and break down, okay, we didn't perform in the red zone or we didn't do this or we didn't do that. I think the red zone really comes down to it. Cause if you would have, you know, I just, I hate when you go back and you can, and it's like, 
it's so obvious. It's like, ah, damn it. If we just would have been better in this one area, mm-hmm. we could have won that game. And um, and speaking of that, so now let's let's go back in time. Now let's talk about the, the first Bills-Jets matchup. Mm, um, yeah. I was in East Rutherford for that one, man. And it was it, it started off to where most Bills fans were probably like, yeah, this is this is about to be what we think is going to be. <laughs> we about to beat these boys down. And it, yeah. and it was in the first half. It, it kind of first quarter, first half, it, it was like, OK, mm-hmm. the Bills are in control. Then, you know, some good defense by the Jets. I think you guys have a great defense. Great Thank run you. game that week. You know, that that game in the fourth quarter especially, it seemed like the Bills just couldn't get the ball. You know, like they just – you guys controlled the clock and you made it very difficult for Josh Allen in the offense to kind of make something happen there in the fourth quarter. Uh, what is your game – or I, I know I said let's look in the past, but let's let's just jump. Like what is your – because in a way it's, it's – you would almost think, okay, it was the same game plan. Uh, we got James Jameson in the comments said that the Jets beat the Bills with the worst QB in the league. <laughs> I don't know because I think Baker's worse. I do. I think Baker's Yeah, worse. that's, we're that's gonna, fair. We're going to talk about Baker. But, oh, yeah. Uh, and, the, and the Bills had Von Miller. Now no Von, and the Jets get a huge imp- – I don't know about huge improvement, but he says easy game for the Jets. What's the game wow. plan going into this, man? What, what, how are you looking at this? Well, yeah, I will say, obviously, the bill, everything, right? The kicker slips on the opening kickoff. People are like, ooh, onside kick. No, 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 he just he just slipped. And then, obviously, I'm sure the Bills had that, regardless of where they were on the field, obviously, they had phenomenal field position right off the get-go. But the Bills must have been like, let's check Sauce. Let's give him the old, uh, you know, the out and up. And then mm-hmm. Sauce, of course, gets burned, toasted right off the get-go to Stefan Diggs. And I'm sure Bills fans, just like you were going – well, yeah. well, well, let's, uh, let's start. I was there. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's 100%. over. I'm like, it's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. And then obviously, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure just as confounding on the other side, right? Because Sauce has had this legendary status, which is weird to say for a rookie, right? But he's built like this aura around him. Like, whoa, this, this is not your normal corner that you draft in the first round. And on the other side, right? Like Josh Allen's this MVP candidate. I saw what the Bills did, you know. And we could get to this, but like week one where they destroyed the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Rams. I'm like, oh, my Lanta, buckle up, baby. Look at this Bills team. I mean, depth, talent, star power. Like, oh, oh, wow, this team's coming. And I haven't seen that team over the last batch of weeks. But in that game, like when Josh Allen threw the pick right to Jordan Whitehead, I- I'm watching the whole way. I'm like, there's no way. And he throws it right to him. I'm like, okay, what's happening here? I mean, I heard Josh explain after the game that the pass rusher was perfectly, like, apparently in his side of vision. So he thought Dawson Knox was wide open. So he just thinks he's just softballing it to him. And Whitehead's like, thank you, and takes it. So, Really, I th- and so you know all the turnovers, uh, the sauce pick too, where he kind of fooled Josh Allen on that one too. I mean, the turnovers were key, and then on the other side, the thing that we have to look for this game is the Jets got housed in a way that they did last season a handful of times with running quarterbacks. And it wasn't even like if it's the starter, like Josh Allen obviously is the starter for the Bills, but last year they got dogged by Taysom Hill, who had these like just basically quarterback direct packages and it toasted the Jets and that Jets Saints game last year and the same thing in this Bills game. And we didn't get the opportunity for Justin Fields because he was out uh, this season. But, you know, those direct packages, that's where the Jets can kind of get got because they'll do a four-man rush. And occasionally, if Jeff Ulbricht's feeling trigger happy, the Jets defensive coordinator, he'll bring extra pressure. It seemed like the Bills had the perfect counterpunch to a lot of those scenarios on the quarterback direct run stuff. And I, I think maybe I just undervalued it, and maybe the Jets' defense did, obviously, as well, is that the Bills were going to hammer that as much as they did, that they were going to go to that. So that's obviously a major point of emphasis this week of trying, again, easier said than done on Josh freaking mm-hmm. Allen. But the direct run stuff is the thing that every Jets coach fan and everything is circling with a permanent black marker. But you can't just focus on that because he can throw the ball pretty good too. But that's the big thing heading into this week. This Jets team is trying to figure out the Da Vinci code of how do you prevent that or try to contain that. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Sauce Garner. First of all, can I just say like how much – and I know he's a Jets player, so I try my hardest not to give you guys compliments, but (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> Man, I wanted Sauce Gardner to be a Buffalo Bill so bad. And I knew uh-huh. we weren't going to get him, obviously. He was going to be drafted top 10. We were drafting later. And I'm like, ah, I want this guy on the roster so bad. Yeah. And the same thing for your running back. I know uh, Hall is oh, out, I know obviously. that. Hmm. Man, you, I mean, impressive job this year um, with, with the, the draft. And even the, the I think offseason in general, the entire offseason, I think the Jets had a very, very good year. And and speaking of Sauce, you talked about him getting burnt by Stefan Diggs that, that first play. But then the rest of the game, he pretty much showed why he was drafted where he was and why he's that player. What have you seen since 
really, I don't even want to say since that game, that just the entire season, because I think he should be mentioned in that conversation when you're talking about defensive rookie of the year. What What is it that you're seeing out of, out of sauce that you're like, man, we got a guy for a long time here in, in New York or New Jersey. I got to throw that out there. Yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, I will say that. So sauce, right. He's got the nickname. He's the number four overall pick mm-hmm. highest drafted player in Cincinnati football history. When you dive into everything, I think a lot of people said, okay, the sauce, the sexiness, but what about the level of competition? When he jumps the NFL, he, right. He didn't give up a touchdown mm-hmm. throughout his college career. And obviously the humble roots are coming from Detroit. Like there's a lot of storylines and things that you look at and you're like, okay, but when he gets the NFL, he's going to he's going to get humbled by things getting thrown in his face. But I, I think a thing that slips under the radar and you probably wouldn't know unless he's on your own team and, and and absorbing all the content that's coming in is that, you know, sauce is a creature of preparation that he is as hard of a worker of. And I know coming in early, first one in, last one out, all that jazz. But like of just a student of the game and, and reaching out to Darrell Rebus and the organization setting up meetings where they could talk after the draft and, and picking the brains of those kind of guys. And also just the, the work he's done that he, he talks a big game. Obviously I want to be the greatest of all time and all these other things, but he's been putting in the work and obviously he's got the God given talent, the freakish traits and elite athleticism mm-hmm. that all of a sudden you're like, man, like when he drops his arms are almost touching the ground. Cause he's just got this insane linkiness to his game but that's the thing is that the confidence meets the bill is that he has just been so incredibly good so fast i thought he would be a good player a guy that had a really high floor i'm like you know what at least he's going to be this i didn't know he's going to be this good this quickly yeah. just immediately he's the front runner for defensive rookie of the year he's uh one of the pro bowl leaders uh in terms of uh, afc cornerbacks to Tariq woolen which another rookie corner which is kind of crazy uh, to mm-hmm. think about he was obviously taken much later but you, you look at what sauce been able to do it's the confidence meeting the talent and that doesn't always happen we see guys get drafted they're super talented all the time and not equate to the talent they lean on the talent too much say oh i'm talented i'll figure it out uh purple drank jamarcus russell uh aisle one please of just like he could throw a football 100 yards i'm like oh this guy's gonna be a superstar but Mm -hmm. he wasn't able to put it together on the field sauce has been able to put it together a special player a guy that wants it so bad and man if this is him in his rookie season i can't wait to see where are you in five years so to speak i mean he's such a special player yeah, no, and 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 like I said, I I I try not to give Jets or Patriots or Dolphins uh, many compliments, but I'm telling you, man, Sauce Gardner, <laughs> you got you got a guy. Like, really, man, I, I'm not jealous in the sense because we got our Trey White back now. He's finally back, and sure. he's um, he's taking the, the the bulk of the reps again. And I think we, you know, I, I so I like our defensive backs. I like our cornerbacks. I love our safeties. We got two All Pros mm-hmm. when Micah Hyde is healthy. But I'm just telling you, like this year at the draft, I was at the draft this year, and, and when it happened, I'm just like, Beautiful. oh, damn it, man. I don't I don't want him to be in New York, but you know what? Congrats. You got a guy. Thank you, you got a guy. So and that feels good. That. They, they've drafted a lot of bust over the years. So, you know, yeah. when you hit one, I, I appreciate the tip of the caps that come. And I will say on Brees Hall, I knew it because so for my day job, I do sports talk radio locally mm-hmm. here in New York. So we got a lot of Bills fans. And so a lot of Bills fans follow me on Twitter. And I heard them chirping throughout the whole draft process because I'm also a big draft guy. And they're like, oh, Bills fans, Brees Hall, baby, Brees Hall. Brees Hall in the first round. That's what the Bills should do, Brees Hall in the first round. And I'm like, man, that Brees Hall kid's pretty good. We'll we'll see what happens. And when the Jets traded up, they tried to trade in – up back into the back end of the first round, which would have been their fourth first round pick, which would have tied their own record that they had back in 2000. They were this close to doing it. They couldn't, it would have been too expensive. They said, okay, we'll try to do it on day two. They move up on day two, get Brees Hall. And immediately Bills fans are texting me going, son of a gun. And uh, he looked like the offensive rookie of the year until he got hurt. Unfortunately, week seven against the Broncos, but he's another guy that looks like a stud. So it uh, took a lot of hits this offseason, free agencies, draft and everything to get to this point and for the Jets to be surprising people. So uh, credit to the coaching staff and uh, Joe Douglas for finding those hits. Man, I was in the I was in the media room. And when I tell you, you know how obviously as a media personality, like, you know, like when you're in certain spaces, you're not supposed to like, like, let the fandom show, especially like right. in, yeah. in places like that. Man, when I tell you when that pick was made, it was the word like I was so frustrated, I, like I was mm. so angry. And for a couple of reasons, one, you know, you now Bills fans can see before he got injured. 
that guy was probably going to be rookie of the year period like oh yeah he was just he was just that that good and so now when you think about it it's like after this injury he's gonna he's gonna heal up and when he does he's gonna come mm-hmm. back and that's gonna be an issue that we're gonna have to see twice a year for the foreseeable future and we didn't even have to see him this last game exactly right you know so it's just like you know now let's let's get to the quarterback talk because what the heck mm. is going on like obviously zach wilson was benched but now, was this a 100% accountability? Was it because he wasn't able to score points? Like, what was the actual issue? Why was he why was he benched? Yes. Yes. All of those <laughs> reasons. Yes. Th- those are the – it was a little bit of everything. Again, in the Bills game, it was kind of – it was a great response because you had New England the week before and, and the Jets blew it. Again, another game that I think a lot of people look back and say, man, this, 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 this. Especially the way the Bills just destroyed the Patriots at Thursday Night Football. The Jets people are like, how the hell did we lose to this team twice? What what the flying who? How did we beat the Bills and then lose to these guys twice? Which, again, may have put them in obviously in a much different position. Instead of 7-5, and five, what are you uh, if you beat the Patriots? But, you know, coming off that Patriots game, a lot of people had Zach Wilson questions because he had the three picks. And they're like, oh, boy. You know, any other, you know, uh, uh, the King or Boy Green and there. We're winning that game at quarterback like Zach Wilson. If we would have just had C minus play, we would have won that game. So to follow that up, you know, not in Buffalo, but in New York to play that in New Jersey uh, for all you Bills fans out there uh, for in that game for Zach Wilson, come back at a 73 percent completion percentage. Obviously, he Mm -hmm. didn't throw it all over the barnyard. He like 150 yards, the one touchdown, which was the screen to James Robinson. And then the big play at the end, which ate up the timeouts, which probably changed how the Bills played that final drive, is the Denzel Mims conversion. But, like, in a nutshell, we're like, wow, Zach Wilson, way to, way to respond after that horrible performance against New England. Like, okay, we see where this kid's going. But it was – it always felt like offensively, like the offensive coordinator, Michael LaFleur, is playing a little scared. He's like, okay, if we just rein it in for Zach. You know, Mark Sanchez, uh, Jets rookie way back in the day, you know, he got to a point – where he was so turnover prone that the coaching staff changed it to a three color coded thing. If they showed the red card on the sideline, that's like, Ooh, danger. Don't, don't try anything crazy. Yellow card. Okay. If you see it, maybe green card, all hell breaks loose. Like it hasn't gotten that bad with Zach Wilson, but it got to that point where they were just really putting shackles and handcuffs on the offense. And, and we've seen with Mike White, just in two starts that all of a sudden you get a quarterback in there where the shackles aren't on. They got Garrett Wilson. He looks pretty good. Elijah Moore looks pretty good. They got yeah. tight ends. They got running backs who are stepping in. They've got a lot of offensive talent that if it's manifested with an actual quarterback, they can do something. And I think that's the thing. So there is a lot of levels to this. Obviously, lack of success as a starting quarterback. He was five and two. That's pretty cool. But we all know that. And uh, Bruce Nolan would appreciate this, right? Uh, quarterbacks, uh, you know, quarterback wins no, or, or that, wins yeah. are not a quarterback stat. All that jazz. Are your Buffalo rumblings people out there? But yeah. I will tell you, the accountability was another big thing. Is that going to the presser and saying that when he straight up asked, and I don't care if you're emotional, I don't care if you're pissy, again, for the media, you know, removing the thing for some fans that may not be aware of this, like players get to go into what we call the cool down room before they meet with us, the media, and they can spend as much time as they want in there. We're we're media. We're just going to wait till they step up to the podium. And Zach Wilson could have taken all the time he wanted. He decided to come right out there. So he's got no one to blame but himself. He can't be whiny and complainy, but he goes up there and they ask him after the New England game where they lose 10 to three, right? And uh, two and a half inches of offense in the second half. Can't believe that's still a real stat. And he goes up there. They're like, hey, did you let your defense down? You know, straight up. Did, did, did you let the defense down? What happened there? And uh, he said, no, no, I didn't. And again, as soon as that lit fire, obviously social media spreads like wildfire. And they evaluated everything and said, you know what? We got to make a change. The locker room was at stake. The lack of accountability looked terrible, obviously, because the defense played out of their mind. They only mm-hmm. gave up three points in the game. So it was accountability. It was lack of play. It was everything. And now Zach Wilson is in QB school. He's not, he's, uh, it's already been announced by Robert Sala. Uh, Zach Wilson will be a healthy scratch for the third straight game. They've basically put him on a different part of the practice field that's not really true he's part of the scout team but they basically put him over there and said work on your fundamentals don't even worry about game prep because mike white's a starter joe flacco's a backup and you're just going to kind of develop over there until you can figure it out so uh that's going to be the future right now so zach wilson will not even be even if an injury happens be available for this game Man, talk about humbling, you know, and then and then this past week, you know, you lose to the Vikings and then uh, Mike White is like, look, 
he didn't obviously he didn't play horribly, but he comes out and he takes right. full accountability. It is like, mm-hmm. hey, I gotta I gotta score points. If I get you in the red zone and I gotta get these points on the board as opposed to field goals, or we gotta do this, or we gotta do that. And literally, it was the exact opposite of of what Zach Wilson did. No, I didn't disappoint, or no, I didn't let the defense down. You absolutely did when your defense stops the other team from scoring more than three points. You absolutely did. So uh now let's talk about this Mike White because you mentioned you know last year the Bills were the first one to see him uh had a pretty yeah. good defensive day against him. Mm. But what do you expect this Sunday? Like you know because I, I I think he's not the same guy from last year. Obviously you, you go through that experience you get those mental reps and, and actual real reps in the game. It changes your experience and then you know, I think I think being on the team for a little bit longer now, learning from the coaches and watching film, I think he's a different player, at least from what I see. So what do you expect out of him this week? Yeah, I will say, uh, again, Mike White uh, was announced a starter for the Bears game, and then he had this pass game. As soon as he was announced as the starter, and then he had the full week of reps and, and media opportunities, he brought up the Bills game himself and said, I learned a lot from that game. And mm-hmm. it's it's not like he quite like put the dagger on the ground, and said, I'll see you in two weeks, Buffalo. But like it was almost like I'm ready to prove that that was just that was malarkey. That was nonsense. I I was trying to do too much. And he tried to explain like the, he took accountability as he's been doing this entire time. But he just said, you know, like, you know, game got out of hand. We're trying to force things and it got crazy. And all of a sudden things can snowball after that. He had four picks in the game, looked awful, obviously. And then. They went right back to Zach Wilson, and that was a health thing last year as opposed to just a straight-up benching or anything. But, yeah, he believes he's learned a lot. And, again, everything we've seen thus far, like the Bears game, obviously, again, the Bears defense is trash. They traded two of their best players, Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. They they traded them to the Bears. Zach Wilson would have looked great is what a lot of fans believe in that Bears game. So when he came out and balled out against the Bears, I think there's still a level of hesitation because fans are split. Half of them, of course, Zach Wilson was the number two overall pick. They want him to be the future. They want him to be the franchise. And the other one is Mike White is this guy who's been cut five times, a former fifth-round pick of the Cowboys, like this this try-hard, someone that average Joes can kind of rally around. But is he the long-term answer? Like, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So there's a lot of those trepidation with a guy like Mike White, despite the success, like, Okay, he had success, but the Bears game. Oh, he had success against the Bengals, but they didn't know what was coming. He he had never had any opportunities before. He quieted some people in this Minnesota game. Again, he went buck wild. He had a couple of wow throws, the fourth and 10 to Corey Davis to convert, where the rest of the team is like, whoa, okay, look at this guy mm-hmm. making throws when it matters, taking hits, taking pressure, and he showed a lot. But the Vikings, according to every DVOA ranking, sucks on defense Mm -hmm. and pass defense. So we look at again, but there's those same people with the questions. If he wants those questions to end, at Buffalo may be a good opportunity to quell some of those demons. And obviously it's bothered Mike White enough in press conference and media opportunities. He has gone out of his way to keep pointing out that Buffalo game. So we'll see. Of course, that four interception implosion was at MetLife. This one will be in the confines of Buffalo and I'm sure Bills fans are pissed about that Jets thing. How the hell did we lose to the Jets? So they mm-hmm. want the win and the, their own importance. Again, they're because of that weird Sunday where all the stars aligned. Jimmy Garoppolo went out. I'm like, oh, well, I guess the Dolphins are going to win that one now. Oh, they're not? Oh, Man. okay. They're going to complain about other teams, you know, beating backup quarterbacks, but they lost by one by multiple scores. Odd. Dolphin fans, where you at? I, I where you at, Dolphins fans? Where you yeah, at, Dolphins fans? Yeah, where you at, fan? Dolphins fans? Yeah, take a hard look at that, baby. 16. And again, <laughs> if the Jets handle business against the Vikings, all of a sudden the Dolphins get kicked to that seven seed. But again, once again, I digress there. So all this weird stuff had to happen for that to align. So we will see ultimately on Sunday how this goes. But the Bills, obviously, they know how important this is. And the division, they just got their first. You guys know, obviously, I'm not, I'm telling mm-hmm. you something you already know. But it took the Bills all the way till this point to get their first divisional win of the season against New England. So this game's important at home. This game's important for the division. This game's important for that uh, home field advantage. I'm sure Bills would like if they play the Chiefs again in the AFC Championship game. Wouldn't mind, I'm sure, if it was in the lovely Bills territory as opposed to that uh, daunting haunting arrowhead so this is very important for the bills but it's also very important for the jets i think that's preferred obviously we wanted we wanted to go through orchard park <laughs> yes i mean the last two years you know we lost in the playoffs to kansas city in kansas city and at some point it's like okay like i said at the top of the show in order to be the man you got to beat the man and i just feel like for the bills right now it's the equivalent of uh the, the chicago bulls trying to get over the hump against 
the Detroit Pistons back in the day when Jordan, like before Jordan yes. was like, okay, I'm winning every championship I make it to. Before he get could get there, he had to go through the Detroit Pistons who kicked his ass every single mm. every single year. So now I feel like it's at the point where for the Bills, if we really want to take that step and we really want to, you know, get to the Super Bowl and try to win it, you got to it just is what it is. You got to beat the big brother. And uh, but before we move on from from this game, I, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the offense. And my thing is, so last last time, like I said, it was the run game. It was great defense. I'm sure the defense still wants to play lights out defense. And I'm sure that's the, the plan. But offensively, because Mike White is in there now, are we going to see more of a, a open passing attack? Or is this going to be like more of aggressive passing as opposed to just trying to control the clock with the run game? Or what do you anticipate when it comes to the offense uh, going against this Buffalo Bills defense? A hundred percent. The passing game is going to open up unlike that it did in that first matchup. The other factor is the emergence of some guy named Zonovan Knight, AKA Bam, an undrafted free agent. Another guy I loved. I thought he deserved to be drafted straight up. So when he was a priority free agent for the Jets, I said, oh, that's a guy to watch. And he's been cryogenically frozen both on their practice squad and kind of just in no man's land. There's no practice squad protections this year. So I was surprised someone didn't scoop him up earlier in the year, and he's had back-to-back basically 100-plus-yard performances in both rushing and receiving, so he's this secret sauce. Michael Carter's health will be another one. He had an ankle sprain and missed this past week's game, so we'll see if he's potentially back for this as well to kind of round out the backfield, but Zonovan Bam Knight is a new factor because that was one of the most impressive things in that first Jets-Bills game is the Jets almost leaned across the line and said, hey, Bills, we're going to run it down your throat, and we're going to run it right here. And then the Bills are like, all right. And then, boom, just over again. It was just imposing the world physically. It's got to be demoralizing for Bills fans that Bills defense go, holy crap, we know they're running it, and there's not a goddamn thing we can do about it. I think the only pass play was that Denzel Mims one at the end on the third down conversion. All the other ones were run, and it was just boom, boom, boom. So, of course, uh, you know, this Jets team would love to impose their will physically from that standpoint. But this is a team that's more than willing to throw. It all depends on matchup-based things, and Garrett Wilson has become a focal point offensively, a guy that they can feed. They gave him 15 targets against the Vikings, and quite frankly, that still didn't feel like enough. So they are going to give him the rock. They're going to give Elijah Moore the rock. But uh, it will be balanced. But if I had to try to speculate on percentages, like 60-40 pass to run, like they they okay. want to – they want to throw the ball. They want to throw the rock around a little bit, especially with what Mike White shown in back-to-back performances thrown for over 300 yards. Like he's willing to throw and dime it up and not play that kind of protective nature that they seemingly did in the first game without taking the shots consistently. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I guess my question, that question was there because, you know, it's like, okay, well, this formula worked for us, you know, the first time Mm, around. We won the game this way. And I know it's a different quarterback, but we kind of, 
if I'm a Jets fan, this is what I'm thinking. Like, we got it figured out. We won, and we won with Zach Wilson. And like, kind of what James Jameson in the comments said earlier. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, we won with Zach Wilson. We could definitely win with a guy, but this is the formula. And then if we throw in some passes here or there, but it sounds like they're um, going to aggressively uh, really try to attack the passing game and, and see what happens there. And this week, we're going to be without Von Miller. And I think that's huge. Um, yeah. You know, he's on IR for a couple more weeks after this game. And mm -hmm. it's huge, not just because, you know, he's a pass rusher, but I think he's dramatically improved the Bills' run defense as well. If you look at last season and the season before, um, the Bills were getting gashed week in and week out by the run game. This year, I feel like that game against the Jets, maybe like that fourth quarter or the second half against the, the Packers, and, and pretty much that's it, man. Like, we've shut down the run game when it comes to – like, Kareem Hunt had nothing – uh mm -hmm. Nick Chubb had nothing you know like so you you talk about these guys that that typically go out there and destroy teams we shut these guys down Thanksgiving we played against the Lions who I don't think that they're as bad as their record shows but their run game tends to be pretty good shut them mm -hmm. down like they, they had a couple uh red zone scores because of it but when you look at the statistics from it it just wasn't there what do you think about your running game this time around with no von miller um we do get tremaine Edmonds back we, we will have matt milano but you know no von is a big deal oh 100 percent. i mean it's a massive deal in that first game he had a strip sack in the red zone that would have been points for the jets in some form or fashion of course they were benefited on the other side the sauce pick came right after that so th that was able to equate out but there's a rare outside of that Josh Allen pick. And I know he's thrown a bunch of them this year, but outside of that, maybe that's a game defining thing. And the bills end up winning that game from that play. So I think jet fans and the jets as coaches are, are fully aware of uh, Von Miller and the impact that he can have throughout this season. When there's been a guy that's been designated as this destroyer of earth's pass rusher, the jets have, uh, you know, kind of cultivated these game plans of trying to take him out as much as possible. Miles Goat is a great example. The jets played the Browns in week two and every single snap, they either running back chipped, tight end chipped, or doubled uh, Miles Garrett. And he said after the game that he was gassed out, and that's basically what the Jets wanted to do, is just make him earn everything he got. He exploded in the beginning of the game. He had like two sacks in like the first 10 minutes. We're like, oh boy. But all the chips eventually worked. And unfortunately, on the other side, it didn't because Von Miller's uh, strip sack was late. But in that same sense, that's what they want to do. And I think the other thing for Bills, from an outside perspective looking in, the thing that I loved – what Von Miller also unlocked is almost like he had, we brought up Michael Jordan earlier. He had that Michael Jordan effect, like his presence made the other bills pass rushers mm -hmm. rise up to his level. And all of a sudden they were firing. And I'm like, Whoa, mama Sita, like Von Miller's really good. But what he was able to do for the other bills, pass rushers made me like raise an eyebrow, like, Oh boy, that's going to be something to watch. So to remove that chess piece. And now the bills players have to step up and not have Von Miller. Uh, I think that's going to be tremendously important. And going back to your question about the run game, I thought Robert Sauer made a very interesting comment when playing opponents twice. Again, obviously in the AFC East, they play Dolphins, Bills, and Patriots each twice. But he said that regardless if you've played an opponent before, we basically wipe the entire game plan and start fresh, that we don't bring things in uh, from that perspective. So that, to me, is a is a massive difference here. So just because they beat the Bills the first time, that doesn't mean, all right, well, let's uh, dust off that plan. That'll work. Let's put that, pay, uh, put that baby right back in. There's not a sense of complacency there. They want to create new ways and to try to surprise the bills. And I'm sure the other way around for the bills to try to do that to the Jets. So there will be a strong running presence. And again, Zonovan Knight has been really good. James Robinson has been kind of disappointing. Again, the yards per carry average has been really low, especially when you go into some of the advanced metrics with how he's been running. He complained about his role, which didn't really help. So I think it's going to be more Zonovan in this game, maybe less James Robinson. Part of that will, of course, contribute to Michael Carter's health. And then we saw it with the comment that you just highlighted. The offensive line is a lot different. You have Dwayne Brown, obviously. He's there. Uh, you have Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. He's looking good. Connor McGovern's having a career year. Right guard, Elijah Tucker. We don't have him. We didn't have him for the first matchup either. Our best offensive lineman. And then right tackle. We had Cedric Ogbwehi, the former first rounder of the Cincinnati Bengals. And, well, finally, there's some health back. Max Mitchell is back, the fourth rounder out of Louisiana, who's played spectacular this year when given opportunities, especially considering draft status and everything else. And George Fant uh, has been on IR and has, been, has missed the last eight games before appearing in this Vikings game. And he looked really good when stepping in. I imagine he's going to be uh, the right tackle for the Jets. So 
he was a steadying presence and he looked really good and healthy for once, which is, which is really nice to see. So that's going to make a difference both in the running game and in the passing game. So that nice boost on the offensive line should help. But yeah, Zonovan's a guy to watch out for, for Bills fans. They will try to run the ball. He's a North South runner. He likes to get there aggressively and he's got some pop. He's got fresh legs. He's basically been mm-hmm. on the practice squad or not on a roster all season long up until uh, he was called up for the Bears game and then this past Vikings game. And now he's a key piece of the offense moving forward. So Zonovan Knight, he is a guy that, again, the nickname indicates he would keep bamming. And eventually he has those bursts. He had like a 44 yarder against the Vikings where they were like, whoa, where'd this come from? Again, he just kind of gets you after a while. Yeah, I, I, I saw him in, against the Vikings, and it was just like he was explosive. I think like the very first drive of the game, he had a couple runs right, right off the bat where it was just like, okay, this this dude is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Where where did they get in these guys? Whereas like now, I think now Bills fans are, are happier with um, Devin Singletary and then the way James Cook has been playing recently. Very but nice. For the, yeah. for the early part of the season, it was like, man, when is this run game going to get going? And, and you guys got guys off the practice squad that comes in against the Vikings <laughs> and just pops. So it's like, yeah. you know, so no, it's very impressive um, what I feel like the Bills, or, or I'm sorry, the Jets front office has done over the last couple seasons. They've really turned that franchise around, man. But now let, let's talk a little bit about the run defense now for you guys. Because sure. I just mentioned Devin Singletary has been playing big. He's been running bigger than he is. Smaller guy. I think he's what, 5'8", 205 pounds mm. or something like that. Yeah. He's running bigger than that. Uh, James Cook, when he gets the ball with any amount of space, he's dangerous. Uh, so now your defense is to me, your defense, again, I try not to give too many damn compliments to the Jets. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I got to be honest here. The Jets, to me, have one of the most solid and consistent defenses in the NFL. And um, I think that's all around. I don't think that's just what saw us in, in the secondary. I also think that run defense and that, you know, and, pa- and getting to the passer is pretty darn good, too. Uh, what, what's, what do you feel like this matchup is going to look like when it comes to the, the Bills run game, including Josh Allen? Because we got to look at him like the team's best running back. You know, so you add that. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but. In, in everything, the, all, both the running backs plus Josh Allen against this run defense of the Jets, uh, how do you see that matchup going? There's been some Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, you mentioned how the Bills' defense, nice flex, just destroyed Cleveland's rushing game. I remember when the Jets played uh, the Browns in Week 2, we did not. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they ran all over the New York Jets. It was like, it was okay at first, now all of a sudden exploded, and they were getting sliced left and right. They did an okay job against the Vikings, all things considered. You know, they held Dalvin Cook within reason to 4.3 a carry, uh, tw- uh, 20 attempts, 86 yards total, but he kept having a couple of these bursts that kind of broke through a little bit. So it's been a little bit of juggle and hide there. And then again, obviously from Kirk cousins, who has like the mobility of a parked car to Josh Allen, who's this, you know, rearing flowing Ferrari out there like that compliment to the rest of the bills, rushing attack. You kind of get them. And obviously it did a few times in that matchup. So the jets have been hit and miss. And, and the big part uh, that I'm sure the uh, bills will take advantage of. And they did a couple of times. I remember in that game is the jets tackling has been poor. I, I mean, it's just been bad where there's a third and 17, they think everything's wrapped up, the guy breaks away and then somehow squeezes, finds a way uh, to get those yards. And, you know, to me, as I look at it as a former football player and a former, you know, almost a sweet go high school here locally Hall of Famer, they haven't built the statue yet or given me the awards, but I'm sure they're coming. I got to tell you that in those scenarios – I just feel like if you're a good tackling team, you're a good tackling team. I don't think there's a magic wand that could be waved over the Jets where all of a sudden, oh, oh, this, oh, we were doing it wrong the entire time. Here we go. So I think the tackling issues will maintain, especially at this at the third level of the defense. Their safeties have been very up and down and, and mostly down lately. So if Devin Singletary, James Cook, or Josh Allen, for that matter, could get to that second and third level of the defense, that's where I'm like, oh, boy. That's where we could start getting leaky. That's where, you know, a five, seven yard run could explode to a 20, 25, 40 yard run. And you get those explosives, which is defense tries to rein in. But the running game has been so inconsistent in terms of their stopping the running game and the tackling. The tackling has just been really, really poor. They're working on the fundamentals, trying to do things in practice to try to curtail this. But again, at a certain point, you just need better tacklers on the team. You just need better stock. You need better, you know, prospects, better talent to be able to do that. So the Jets have been struggling in that department. That could be something that rears its ugly head. But that's a little bit of the fear, of course, like we mentioned with that first Bills matchup. Again, the Bills were able to get some things going on the ground game, specifically with Josh Allen. But overall, uh, they had some pops uh, throughout the contest. And to remind myself, the Josh Allen nine carries, 86 yards, 9.6 a clip. Good Lord have mercy in the two Mm -hmm. touchdowns. 
And yeah. I see all the other running backs didn't seem to have the same level of success on a yards per carry, but it seemed like situationally a couple of times they're able to get things going. And sometimes just the threat, especially when you have Josh Allen can make the rest of it go, but run defense has been hot and cold. And that's something that's uh, got this team uh, particularly with the missed tackles. All right. Last question here on the Jets bills before we move on to uh, the re- I want to talk a little bit about the rest of the AFC East. Um, sure. Levi wants to know. And and yeah, it's been a do not play or, or like basically a healthy scratch for for Robinson. <laughs> What's going on with, with the run? I mean, obviously, we mentioned you got a, a running back off your your uh, practice squad that's out here like looking, you know, like a seasoned vet. What's happening? You guys traded in the middle of the season for uh, James Robinson from uh, where was he at uh, down in Jaguars. In- yeah. with Jacksonville and actually liked him last year before he tore his, I think he had like a, it wasn't an ACL, but he tore some, Achilles. Yeah. He tore his Achilles. So he, but I thought he was a good player and I thought the jets trading for him after hall going down. I thought that was a, I'm like, you know what? That's a move that a team makes when they really feel like they can make some noise and still make the playoffs and, and make some noise in the tournament. What's happening. Yeah, you mentioned it. Brees Hall goes down with a torn ACL. Super unfortunate both for the player and obviously the team. He, he was he was spectacular. He had a 65-yard touchdown run uh, in that game that was a lot of fun. He had a lot of those kind of plays. But, you know, they basically took they, the Jets brass, took about 24 hours to evaluate every running back option. And it ultimately came down to Cleveland, Cleveland or Jacksonville. The Jets did their homework uh, heavily on Kareem Hunt, and they did their homework on James Robinson. James Robinson ultimately came down to price and what they mm-hmm. believed was uh, personality fit with the locker room. Uh, they gave up a six-round pick that could become a fifth-round pick if James Robinson reaches certain rushing incentives. And the Browns wanted a fourth-round pick from the Jets, and they thought for what they were going for and, and the fit, it was too rich for their blood, and the Browns ended up you know, holding Kareem Hunt, and he'll be a free agent anyway uh, at the end of the year. But they brought in James Robinson. They thought he'd be this great guy, and I, a former 1,000-yard rusher. I'm like, man, what a, what a great value for what you're going to try to get for the rest of the year. And he's a restricted free agent uh, this upcoming offseason. He will be retained for cheap. That's going to be spectacular. So he was supposed to be a guy, and long story short, uh, outside of a burst here or there, the Buffalo game obviously paid those immediate dividends, and he had the screen touchdown as well. Um, But outside of that, he just hasn't been explosive. So he he battled some knee soreness earlier in the year with Jacksonville, and that was a point of contention between him and the coaching staff. And there's been a little bit of that here as well. But explosiveness is the biggest thing. And also the scheme. Like, people forget about this. We just call it Madden all the time. All right, let's trade for this guy, plug and play. Like, this guy will be fine. But, like, the scheme changes. Like, for the Jets, they want running backs that are going to go north and south. None of this east-west playing around where defenses can kind of figure figure you out and you're not just gaining as many yards as you possibly can. Actually, Brees Hall, believe it or not, battled uh, some of these issues, and that's why the Jets, why he started cold and the Jets didn't use him in that way, is he coming out of college, uh, despite the zone schemes that he ran at uh, Iowa State, where we thought was going to be a natural transition, he was doing too much east-west stuff, and the coaching staff was yelling his head off and biting his head off, and dude, just run north and south. And once it clicked for him, obviously we saw the success. James Robinson traded midseason trying to learn the playbook, trying to learn pass protection and all of that stuff. He has struggled in that department uh, per the Jets coaching staff. James Robinson has pushed back on some of those things. And that has resulted in James Robinson kind of being a non-factor. Now, the thing that brought him back last week is Michael Carter had an ankle sprain. He's out. He was out for the Vikings game, and there's a chance he'll be out for this game. Again, it's up in the air. If he's out, obviously James Robinson will be in. But he was a healthy scratch uh, for that Bears game, and Zonovan went off. So, obviously, the Jets coaching staff decision worked. But James Robinson has kind of been worked out of the mix, and that may be the case uh, moving forward. All right. Well, well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit around the AFC East. But before we do, I want to let everybody know next Tuesday to join me. We'll wow. be talking to my man, Mike Golick Jr. We're going to be talking about that Miami Dolphins game is Revenge Tour 2.0. We're starting a Revenge Tour this week with the with mm-hmm. the New York Jets after we took a loss to them earlier in the season. But remember, that Miami one to me stung just a little bit more. So I can't wait. We're going to be talking to my guy. Mike Golick Jr. is going to go down and that is presented to you or brought to you by my man, Buffalo Freddy. And listen, I always tell y'all, he got the best damn barbecue in Western New York. And if you don't believe me, go check it out. And if it's not the best brisket you've had, I will personally sell you the refund. And that's not it. Y'all already know he's Buffalo's the party town. I know it's cold. It don't matter. He has everything you need for inside and outdoor partying in any town. Period. So what do you need? He has it. Tents for tailgates, chairs and tables. Not for you to jump through, but go ahead and give him a call. My man, call him at 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716 716- 437-3339 and uh look 
I'm ready. I'm ready. So let's talk about wow, this. AFC look at that guest list, baby. Look at I'm you, trying. King. I guess hey, that's why I had, they gave you the crown. It makes sense. Well, I had, okay. I got Paul. I got Paul. You can only go up sure. from there, is all I'm saying. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah that's it. right. It's <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> but, so the AFC playoff picture, we, we talked about mm. the Bills and the Jets already. Let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the Dolphins. So now the Dolphins just just surprised everybody and took this loss to the uh, 49ers with a backup quarterback that nobody like nobody saw that coming. Now this mm-hmm. week, they're, they're still on the West Coast, and they go up against the Chargers. And I think the Chargers are kind of um, – th- they have some some playmakers now that are making plays at the right time. Uh, sure. Allen, uh, Keenan is back. Keenan mm-hmm. is back, and he's made some plays. First game he came back, he looked. I'm like, is he going to be that guy? He's that guy. He's back. <laughs> and I think Justin <laughs> Herbert, you can tell he's healthy now. Like that rib injury, mm-hmm. you know, he lingered, he played through it. What do you think, man? I, I feel like the, the Dolphins are, hopefully for their fans, they're not taking the tail, a, a nosedive. But I don't know. Like this this little stretch in the season, he lost to the 49ers. Now they got the, the, the Chargers. And then as a Bills fan, I would like to think the Bills will beat them again next week. So it might be three games in a row where they went from being the, at the top of the AFC East to now, you know, you're taking a few games of a fall here. What do you think might happen this weekend with those guys? Hundred percent. So they're at eight and four right now. Again, those uh, three. Talk about three road games in a row. Brutal for Miami at Forty yeah. ers at L.A. and then flying back over uh, for the Bills game and uh, the the latter of which are both uh, primetime games uh, with the yeah. flex. I, I mean, I mean, damn. Uh, this Dolphins team, I hope they took a picture when they were in first place in the AFCs because it, it, that's going to last a lot longer. I think they're making the playoffs undoubtedly to me. However. Like, I don't know. There's still this thing in the back of my head that, like, is two of the guy. Because, like, against San Francisco, and I I saw Dolphins fans complaining about Mm -hmm. this on social media, that as soon as he faced a quote-unquote real defense, he folded like a used lawn chair. And and, and maybe there is something to that. But, you know, when you kind of evaluate this team, and I figured, and I'm glad that you confirmed that, King, that I thought – that when the Bills were looking at these two games, Jets, Dolphins, back-to-back, both this revenge tour you've talked about, where they've lost to both, I assume for Bills fans that the Dolphins, when they felt much worse about, because statistically and everything, it's almost inexplainable that the that you said everything that happened and then the Bills lost somehow, yeah. some way. Like, maybe there's an easier way to rationalize it with the Jets game because of how the defense played and everything else. Like, there was mistakes made by the Bills. They're like, okay, like, I, I could see what happened here. Like, in that Dolphins game, it's harder to understand how that was still a loss so this Dolphins team I don't know the Chargers are just weird because they just lost to the Raiders they should have lost to the Cardinals the week before thank God for the balls of Brandon Staley to do that two-point conversion at the end because he's a gosh darn wild man but the Dolphins how do you not be Brock Purdy excuse me I I mean I don't know I mean you're there like as soon as Jimmy G goes down I'm like I I penciled it in my head I'm like oh Obviously, the Dolphins are going to win this game. I was hoping maybe the 49ers could give him some trouble. You know, the Mike McDaniel master student thing. Like, maybe he's going to flex on him. But I went, oh, Jimmy's down. Okay, it's over. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. Dolphins lost. What happened there? So, you know, then the Dolphins are stopped in their tracks. They had won uh, five in a row. I mean, they were rolling red hot. So there's a chance here that they can slow up. Obviously, for the Chargers, they're 6-6. Six and six. They're on the outside looking into the playoffs. They're sitting right there in New England, which is where I prefer they stay, might I add. But, you know, mm-hmm. they're hanging out there. They need all of these games to try to make a run to even just get back into the mix. So I think the Dolphins can run into some issues here. You, know, you have Tyree Kill, you have Jalen Water, you have all these talented guys, Jalen Water obviously getting hurt. But I don't know. For the Bills game, I love that for the Bills. I think the Bills are going to take care of business against the Chargers, but or Dolphins, rather. I'm less certain about the Chargers just because they've been so hit and miss. That could be a bounce-back game, uh, potentially, for the Dolphins. So, overall, what are we talking about here? Let's look at the schedule. So, they could win against the Chargers. Uh, that take them to nine. They lose to the Bills, still at nine. They have the Packers. Oh, boy. Yeah, give them a dub there. They play New England. I mean, come on, man. So, yeah, they're going to be hovering in that whatever 10-11 win range. And then let's see what happens in Week 18. They play at home against the Jets to wrap up the season. They're going to be in that ballpark of whatever the division ends up being with who the Bills got to play and also the Dolphins. But 10-11 wins is what I think I see here uh, for Miami to finish off. they got a couple of softballs with Green Bay and New England, especially if they're not going to make the change of Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. And then, obviously, you've got Chargers, Bills, and Jets. So if you handle business and take care of just at least those two, the Packers and Patriots, you're at 10 wins, and I think 10 wins get you in the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned about the Miami Bills game earlier in the season. You mentioned how it's like, you know, the way that game went, you would think the Bills would have still Weird. won. And I, so, so at the game, man, like the, 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 
I think the the Vikings fans also kind of complained about this, like the home field advantage that Miami has, where it's like the temperature the, different sideline side to sideline. Come on. Dude, we were <laughs> sitting directly behind the bench, like maybe a few, what, maybe 10 rows up behind the bench. And when I tell you mm-hmm. it was like that and, and, even still, with that temperature being like that, Stefan Diggs having two IVs in his arm at halftime, half mm-hmm. of our offensive line going out due to like heat exhaustion and all that other stuff, the Bills still could have won that game. And mm-hmm. and so it's just and then the way so like Jets fans, like I feel like at least my experience, I can't speak for everybody. I'm sure somebody is like, nope, screw those guys. I hate them. But <laughs> for me, it's like I don't really have a negative experience with Jets. Like, you know, we have our, our crap talk and I'll go back and forth. Yeah. But Dolphins fans, man, they take it to like this whole different place with this arrogance. Like they just and it, it it's reminiscent of like Patriots fans when they had Brady, but Miami hasn't won anything. So it just really, really bugs me, man. And it, it just it rubs me completely wrong. And I just I can't wait for next weekend. Like I'm I'm, I'm excited for this game because I love every sure. single week of the NFL action. But oh, I can't wait for Miami to come to Buffalo, like come to Orchard. Park. I hope I don't hope it's snow, but I hope it's snow. And I hope it's like I, I just hope Miami really get dealt with. But anyway. Anyway, now let's talk I will a say bit just to team. jump on that real quick is that yeah. like for Dolphins fans to me, first off, I just think they're just fair weather in general. So like when they're not good, like you don't hear they exist like you at all. It's almost like Hulkamania, right? I I, I do this. And I hear nothing. I, yeah. I will say, though, you know, for the most part, I've loved Bill's fan because like Bill's and Jets. I used to do this thing because I hate we all hate the Patriots. Right. But Bill's Jets and Dolphins fans. I used to have I had a lot of friends before every season. We put our hands in the middle and say, come on, somebody's got to be New England here. One of us bastards. Let's combine our powers here and somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so there is this like kinship. And again, the, you know, Bill's had the 17 year playoff exactly. draft. The Jets are in the middle of their own right now with the 11 year playoff draft. Like it's it just been tough. I will say recently after that Bill's game, like leading into it. I had a lot of the same feelings you just described for Miami with Bills fans where I'm like this arrogance. And it makes sense because, again, the Bills have – they were the Super Bowl favorites heading into the year. Josh Allen was the MVP favorite. But I had all these Bills fans saying, like, man, the Jets are this fraud team and we're about to expose them. Like, I heard it from, like, Aaron Quinn of the Cover One group. Like, he did this thing, and I ended up cashing in some receipts on that because they were calling Jets, like, the most fraud team ever. And I got to be honest that – you know, when I was hearing all that, I'm like, all right, let's just play the game, baby. And let's see what happens. Because I love Bills fans. You guys are crazy bastards jumping through tables, doing the crazy shit you guys <laughs> are doing. And again, you know, I'm not rooting for the Bills. I want you guys to go down in a, a pile of fiery pit in hell. But, you know, if somehow the Jets can't win the Super Bowl, I would love to see Buffalo. Your fans deserve all that after all the crap you've been through. But coming out of that one, I'm like, man, these Bills fans, there's just this this uh, bravado that's here. That they, they think they're going to – It's and I described it in the same way – Patriots ish. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Bills fans. Come on. Remember where you, know you just were just a handful of years ago. I remember that post because I commented on that post as well, but see my, my yeah. comment proved to be true. You guys won the game, but I said the reason why, cause I think you posted, it was like, why does the, the national media assume that I think the spread was like 11 and a half or something. And you were like, this is yeah, just it was something major, massive. And, right. And I said, well, it's because Zach Wilson is cheeks. Like, that's what I said. And you were like, okay. Oh, right. What was the stat? It was something like the Jets were like the biggest. Like, it was something with a winning record at home. They're like the largest home underdog since like 2007. Right. That's the thing I share. I'm like, wow, that's a stat. And I think Aaron and a couple of Bills people went like, yeah, it's because your team sucks. Or you with the cheeks. Like, that. that's why it is. And I just went, hmm. Like, Well, but I was talking specifically about Zach. Well, for me, it was just oh, about right, Zach, Zach because, Wilson. That's right. Because yes, I do yes, think, yes. like, and that's why I said I, I, I thought the game was going to be better, which obviously it was. We lost, but I thought the game itself, yeah. the team is good. I just really didn't believe in Zach. Well, but and I'm like that about Miami. Sure. You talked about mm-hmm. you talked about Tua. To me, it's the same thing. And I, I know, apparently, in some eyes, you know, some people had him in MVP conversation for a long time uh, this season. Right, I still yes, don't trust yeah. Tua as a quarterback. So that's me what either. it was for me yeah. with Zach Wilson. But as a team, you just heard the compliments I didn't want to give you guys. I'm giving you compliments. <laughs> that's true. I just that's don't true. want to. But yeah, yeah, I get I get exactly where you're coming from with that. There is a there is a portion of Bills Mafia now who I just don't think we we know how to deal with success. And and, and again, long overdue. Like you guys should be. I I can only imagine the hell, and I think I will next year. But I can only <laughs> when Brees Hall's back and everybody. But like I can only imagine the hell and how. Obnoxious 
obnoxious I'm going to be when the Jets, I imagine, right? Because this year their Vegas over-under was five and a half wins. Give it to us next year where all of a sudden people are like, whoa. Like, I'm sure the Jets, like, they had one primetime game this year. Like, the defunct one Jaguars week 16 because, again, the Jets are the Jets. But now after this year of all the buzz and whatever ends up happening, right, they're going to get a little bit more love next year. And I can only imagine how obnoxious I'm going to be when that comes. So I, I completely understand it from Bill's Mafia. Well, but you're right, though. Um, we get we got to get back to the point where we at least have some type of uh, camaraderie between the division. Besides, yes. besides Miami, I just don't fool with Miami. But uh, yeah. but now let's <laughs> before we get out of here, man, we got a couple minutes yes, left. Um, I want to get yeah. your opinion on one thing. So uh, today, Baker Mayfield wow. was claimed by the L.A. Rams. Now, before we even talk Crazy. about him being claimed, um, can we just talk about how absolute? Like now, when when I say somebody's cheeks, I really mean this mm. guy Baker's cheeks. I don't yeah. understand how you could go from being drafted first overall. Like what a swindle! What a swindle! Like this guy fooled everybody. <laughs> got drafted yeah. first overall. He had a a really good rookie year. I'll give him credit sure. where it's due. Yeah, really good rookie year. Uh, the, what I'm hearing and seeing on Twitter and all the other spaces that I debate people on, they're like, well, mm -hmm. he needs to be on a team with a good D or a good offensive line. Like, well, yeah, if Nathan Peterman was on a team with a good offensive line, I'm sure he could. <laughs> be pretty good too mm -hmm. what a swindle man like yeah just give me your thoughts on baker and, and just the, whole, the way everything played out yeah it's crazy because think about where we almost were right so baker mayfield's going to be on his well he is now on his third team in you know like a, a year's worth of time like you look at that rookie year he was really good the in his third year i, I knew there was another really good year in there that, that was the 26 mm -hmm. touchdowns eight interceptions year and then he had the turnover crazy year in 2019 and again he brings the browns to the playoffs and they beat pittsburgh and the, all the craziness and they're like oh man how much money the, how much bag should we give baker mayfield and all of a sudden the deshaun watson and stuff happens to trade him to Carolina and boom before you know it right that's how I feel swindled I'm like what like number one overall pick this guy that basically has been overlooked his entire life walk on here walk on there number one pick which is a surprise all of us assumed I won't say all of us but me I was like oh Sam Darnold obviously <laughs> it's going number one me as a Jets team in that same draft and you obviously with the Bills it's like I'm like oh, okay maybe maybe the Rosen one maybe uh, this Josh Allen guy I'm not really sure Lamar Jackson maybe Sam Darnold like you know Baker Mayfield like I thought, of course, Sam Jones going number one. So when he didn't that morning, waking up to Baker Mayfield's number one pick, I'm like, no, he's not. And then when they announced the pick, I'm like, holy shit, Baker Mayfield was just the number one pick. And uh, yeah, so swindled is the best way to describe it. I just can't believe that at one point we we're talking about him as one of the primo quarterbacks. Again, that 2020 years, the great example of 26 touchdowns, eight picks, the crazy yardage and the quarterback rating and all that jazz. And all of a sudden he gets all hurt last year and it all goes to crap. And he goes to Carolina and people said, oh, Carolina, what a deal they got. And then he's, he's cheeks. Yeah, as you said, just straight clapping cheeks. I, I, I yeah. mean, terrible. And now all of a sudden he's getting claimed by the Rams. And again, his third team in a year. I mean, it's just wild. I, I just I just I had to get your opinion on that because I've been yeah, tough on Baker crazy. since he's been drafted, though, because um, I feel like he came into the league super arrogant, like he already had oh, won the Super sure. Bowl four times. Oh, and yeah. It was just like, yes, like, dude, calm down, calm down. So <laughs> let's get on out of here, man. Let's uh, let everybody yes. know where they can find you and your content. Listen, he's a great follow and he's a great guy. He will actually talk to you if you if you're nice and, and if you take care of sure. him, let everybody know where they can find you, man. Uh, yeah, and uh, by the way, I love good back and forth, so let's get it going, baby. It, it's uh, branding, so at boy green 25 everywhere, B-O-Y, the green, the color, as you see, and then uh, 25 was my jersey number in high school, uh, so boy green 25 there it is. Again, Facebook, Twitter, uh, do YouTube shows myself, so uh, you guys can check that out as well. Um, so we got some great stuff. Greg Thompson's supposed to come on uh, later this week. That's going to be good. We got to get the right. king. I got to check his busy schedule. Of course, he's got like Mike Golick Jr. coming on. So uh, maybe I can book him for next year, perhaps, uh, to try to get uh, the king on the show. I don't know. My people talk to your people. Maybe we could figure this thing out. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? So guys, uh, feel free to hop on over. I love all the bullshit, all the all the crap talking. Let's go. Let's keep it going because I'm sure Bill Saints number one seed. They're like, okay, back where we belong. Now let's slap off these peasant jets and let's see what happens. I'm sure that's how a lot of Bills fans are feeling it and let it go. 
baby. I'm hoping that you guys have the same receipt video. I was able to cash in on that Monday. That felt juicy. Mm -hmm. It felt good to beat the Bills, this Super Bowl favorite team. I'm hoping we get to do it again. But if not, you know what? Uh, Feel free, guys, uh, to throw some love on on the Twitter account or hate. Either way, emotions are emotions. And, uh, man, I hope we have a good one. So good back and forth. I love doing this. This was spectacular. And, yeah, if you guys want the Jets slash Bills perspective as we progress uh, through the rest of the week, we have a couple more shows this week with some fun guests. So it's uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to the rematch, man. Yeah, and shout out to Greg Thompson over at Cover One. And I'm sure if the Bills win, you'll be hearing from Aaron Quinn again, man. That's my brother. Shout out to Aaron Quinn. <laughs> he's, he's so, I think he ended up unfollowing me and getting really upset. So I know he's lurking in the bushes. So wherever you are, Aaron Quinn, uh, wherever you are, I know you're lurking. So as soon if the Bills end up winning, he's going to be like, mm, in your face, boy, Green. I you told you. Yeah, <laughs> right. So he's been very quiet. Just like, again, I, well, was that him back there? Is, are you hiding him over there? I don't know where he is, but I know he's kind of like peering in a corner, like waiting. And uh, Aaron, I, I'm ready. You know, if he and lurking. when the Bills win, uh, I, I'll see you there. I, I'll be waiting for that uh, DM tweet or whatever it is, buddy. Yeah, he's lurking. But listen, everybody, y'all know how to do it over here with Buffalo Rumblings, Vidcast, and Podcast Network. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Gold Bills. Code of conduct. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.